In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Buenos dias and buenas noches, senoritas and senoras. Welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England zone, Van Helsink. And with me is not Richard yet, still waiting for him to call in, so maybe the, maybe they turned the clocks back the wrong time or something in England, you know how they are. But anyways, thank goodness, this is Halloween season, it's almost over, this is my fourth radio show today, so uh, if I lose my voice, you know why, I still have two more to do. So. You always sound like you're going to lose your voice. Oh my God, look at that. Was that <laughs> the voice of God or are you live? <laughs> I'm live. You are live. With me right now is... Eric the Viking. the Viking. So, so what's the deal with the Viking? Why are you the Viking? Because I'm originally from Sweden, or my family is. Yeah, originally. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. sound like you're originally. We were we were, we were Johansons, and yeah. I'm pretty sure that we had to have been Vikings. Because I'm of, pretty sure. Yeah. So you made all this crap up, right? Is that well, you know, you me? know that the the pillaging and all that that goes along with it. Yeah. That's all. That's all good stuff for me. So. I had to have been one. Yeah, but I just don't see you in a, a horned hat. Sorry. Unless, uh, <laughs> that is a myth. What's a myth? The horned hats. What do you mean the, the horned hat's a myth? It's a myth. How do you know? They didn't wear those. How do you know? Because I've done my research. You have? Would yes. you look at Wikipedia? Well, partly. <laughs> anyway, the number here is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, and we were going to have uh, my favorite witch on board, which is Marla Brooks. Uh, but anyways, join us live in the TojiNet chat room or the Pararex chat room. So you think it's the best. Okay, that's fine. So let me ask you this. Do they celebrate uh, Halloween in Viking land? Um, you mean in Texas? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we have to because we all have kids. Right. So, although I am supposed to go to a surprise birthday party, so hopefully they're not listening right now. I mean, so is, I mean, how do you celebrate Halloween and in, in the, in the, the last red state? Um, now, just yes. trick-or-treating. 
and a late night watching scary movies. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Back in the day, you know, the college days and whatnot, um, we'd have, of course, your Halloween dress-up parties and um, maybe a walk through some big cemetery or haunted houses, of course. Hmm. My kids aren't quite old enough for haunted houses yet, though. That would probably score them for life at this point, but we'll get there. Well, it depends. If you listen to Maureen, uh, she'll tell you that's fine. Really? I don't know. <laughs> She's not right. here. She can't defend herself. What do I care? <laughs> <laughs> She's not here. Let's talk about her. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I mean, that's kind of neat. Uh, I do want to mention this, and it's kind of like this is going to be my public service announcement. More children get killed by cars on today than any other day of the year. So if you are out trick-or-treating children, if you're listening, be particularly careful. And parents, of it, you should be with them. It, it, make sure of that. Because, I mean... They make you know, so much stuff now. I mean, like glow-in-the-dark chains and little clip-ons and flashlights and all kinds of stuff. There should be There shouldn't be little kids getting run over. It is, though. I just heard that today on the on the news, that this is the I know, highest death rate in children hit by cars. Is, yeah. Uh, I believe honestly. it. But if you're not taking those precautions, then as a parent, that's pretty dumb. Well, but but you see the, you see the thing. I know we're kind of like off the ghost topic, but, it, you know, it is does fit in with the thing. But, but the thing is, you know, a lot of these kids dress up. They got masks on. I mean, they can barely see. And, and they're going out in the street. And they, they may not see a car in... And the car driver uh, just thinks, you know, they, they surely see they see me, and right? They just walk right out in front of them. So I mean, it's you know, it's dangerous. So if you're with your kids, please keep an eye on them. Kids, if you're out there by yourself, be careful crossing the street. It won't be the boogeyman who'll get you. It'll be a Ford or a Pinto. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I should have a guest coming on. Uh, my favorite witch, Miss Mala Brooks. Uh, she out California, IA, and I don't know where Richard is. I had talked to him earlier. Hopefully his kids didn't dig up the uh, phone lines again. Maybe they hit the electric pole. <laughs> but, you, you know, he, he beats to his own uh, drum, whatever it is. Uh, but he, yeah, definitely on his own. So, hey, Viking, uh, you you would love this. I, I went back, to, I did a uh, hour interview with my old uh, railroad, uh, radio station, WCCM in, oh, in hold, Lawrence. Hold on, i got to get this phone. All right, you get that. I'll take care of that. But anyways, I did this, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, radio interview. And th- this woman, ever since I've been on that uh, channel, always calls in and tells me the same story. So she did not let me down. So for like the fifth year in a row, she calls up and tells me the same story. So anyways, so I don't know where Richard is, but I do have my guest. So why don't we bring on? The Charming Witch, my favorite witch, Mahala Brooks. Hey, Ron. So uh, are you like a Hollywood witch? Is that witch? Is that like different than a, like a Salem witch? Nah, a witch is a witch. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Not like the horse of another color. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. I, I really think that, you know, just like people are from different parts of the country and they have different things, I think that witches are probably different on different parts of the country. Um, I, I think witches are different just in general. I mean, some people do the old way. Some people are neo-pagans. Um, kind of an individual thing. But I think with all 
basically though the same sensibilities and stuff. We just do things. Everybody does things just a little bit different. But no, I'm not out marching down Hollywood Boulevard with a you know sandwich board or something um, for Halloween or anything. Why they do that there? <laughs> no, but they have a really great Halloween parade down Hollywood Boulevard where everybody goes in costume and it gets very rowdy and very colorful and stuff. And I've always managed to stay away from that. Uh, let me ask you: Do you think? Now, this is, I'm probably getting some crap for this, but do you think there are, are more, there's a higher percentage of gays in witchcraft than in the general population? Um, I think I know why you're saying that, but I don't necessarily think so. No, it was an innocent question, it really was. No, no, I know, I know. I know. We just know a lot of them, that's all. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's what I was getting at. But no, I don't think so. I mean, I know lots of, of male witches that are straight. Uh-huh. Um, I think witches in general, a lot of people are just kind of afraid to come out of the broom closet, you know. The broom closet, yes. And, and you know, there are braver souls than others. But no, I, I don't think so. Do you think that witches are more... Um uh, open-minded than the general population? Uh, yeah, and but actually more spiritual, maybe, than the general population. Um, uh, open-minded. I, I mean, you have to be open-minded when, you know, you're casting spells and doing all these kinds of things that most people don't do on a daily basis. Well, that's, that's not necessarily true because, I mean, any religion has its ceremony and has its casting spells, if you... You well, yeah, pray, right? prayer, prayer is casting a spell. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I think open-minded in the sense that we are something that isn't considered the norm, necessarily, to um, outsiders. So you kind of have to roll with the punches and, and put up with a lot of... Um, raised eyebrows and, you know, downing Thomases and that kind of thing. Right. So maybe, I don't know if it's more open-minded or just being more accepting of things. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to figure that out. Maybe that's why there is a high percentage of gays that, that, that witches find, you know, more accepting than uh, the general population. Yeah, well, like I said, that's part of rolling with the punches and, and people that are, you know, I mean, anybody that comes out of any closet has to kind of roll and right. fast, you know. So um, maybe in that respect, I kind of see where you're going, and, and yeah, maybe so. But numbers-wise, I don't think so. You, you know, what's funny is, is Mala and I talked earlier today, and, and thank you so much for coming on the show, Mala. Mm-hmm. Uh but she says, what are we going to talk about? And I says, uh, you know, I, I never know where I'm going to go. <laughs> and yeah, I, had no clue, I had no clue I was going this way. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, with you, Ron, it's expect the unexpected. I probably, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> anyway. That's your charm. <laughs> so, Mahler, what is happening with you? You've written, I think, four books now. I think three haunted Hollywoods and a... And a spell casting book or something. <laughs> yeah, three hundred Hollywoods in a spell book. Yeah, I go from ghosts to pagans back and forth, um, and now working on another spell book which deals with animal spells, which is very very cool. Um, 
Yeah, now, now what, do you, what do you mean by animal spells? Is it casting spells on animals or, or what? I'm not quite sure. Well, I mean, kind of, sort of, not casting spells necessarily, but, you know, doing spells of protection for animals or finding a lost animal or dealing with a wild animal kind of thing. Um, well, we got St. Francis for that and St. Anthony. We, yeah, we do. <laughs> and a little help from Witch Marla, yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, the first spell book really is for the workplace. Um, it's called Workplace Spells. But I've got chapters in there of how to create your own spells because I think everybody needs to know to do that because, like I said earlier, we do it all the time. When we're praying, we're casting a spell. When we're cursing someone, we're casting a spell. So, um, you know, why not bring in the animals? Because most people who have them, um, they're not pets as much as they are their kids, you know, things to protect. Um, That's true. Family members kind of thing. And so this is, you know, this deals with animal behavior. It deals with um, certain illnesses. No, I'm not saying don't take your animal to the vet. That would be the number one thing. But, I mean, if your animal happens to have fleas, you know, there may be a spell to um, help that kind of thing. So it just covers, like, all the gamut of... um, Animal care, animal love, animal protection. Um, talks about familiars. We talk about familiar. Um, yeah, we talk about um, healing, like Reiki for animals, that kind of thing. So there's it, it's going to go a wide range of topics. Familiars. Now, now you tickle my fancy with that. With which? Familiars. Which which? You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every every good witch has a familiar. Right now. What is a familiar? I'm not familiar with familiar. You're not familiar <laughs> I with had familiar. to put that in there. I couldn't. Yeah, I know you I'm couldn't sorry. resist. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, familiars are historically creatures that do a witch's bidding. You know, in the in the olden days, um, you know, you wanted to cast a spell on someone, you'd grab a black cat and say, "All right, now, you know, you're you're mine. I own you. Now you do my bidding. Go out and scratch the eyes out of whoever you." Mad at yeah. or whatever. Um, now it's just more like a spiritual companion um, than back in the day. Um, there were, they, is, were they really ones that cast a spell and they went out and scratched your eyes out? Well, I kind of doubt it. Um, folklore, but it, it does really sound good. That sounds really good. I'm in that respect. Thinking, where can know, I get one of these babies? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We all need one. I, I got a few people I like to put on a hit list. <laughs> Shame on you. Shame on you. Remember the threefold law. Three times ah, bad, that's three only times for Wiccans. That's not for the, the true craft. Oh, well, you know, true craft. You're saying Wiccans aren't true craft? Uh, Uh-oh. Oh, I'm in war trouble again. I? Yeah, you are. Uh, it's not um, Wiccans. Not, um, blah, blah, blah. Moving right along... Uh, all right, let me. Ex- all, right, all right, for those who just are wondering why Ron is stumbling over his tongue so bad, um, <gasps> but and God forbid he should ever do that. Um, um, the threefold law is something that Wiccans believe in. When you put out bad three times, you get it back bad three times, and if you put out good three times, you get it back good three times. Um, I don't think it's necessarily just a Wiccan thing, um, and people use the term Wiccan. And and I do this, too. I mean, Wiccans, if somebody hears that you're Wiccan, 
they're almost okay with you because they know that you're not going to turn them into a yeah, toad or a neuter or anything like that. Yeah, that's the thing that kills me. Yeah. But, um, you know, a pagan is a pagan. And even the bestest of witches, um, of Wiccans, um, if somebody that they love is in danger, um, they're going to cross that line just a little bit to save somebody. You know, so... Not everything is black and white in witchcraft. There is that that little gray area. Um, So it's not that, you know, the Wiccans are the goody two-shoes, you know, or whatever, and then there's the bad witches that do all the horrible things. The bad witches. The bad witches, yeah. Like Kristen. (laughs) Kristen is a great witch. And, yeah, he has a little naughtiness to him. Yeah, I will uh, give you that. Kristen Day, by the way, guys, in case you wonder who we're talking about. Uh, I think it's the Raven Moon Coven in uh, Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh, also, my boss, believe it or not. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he runs the Festival of Dead, and I do three events at the Festival of Dead, so that makes him my boss. There you too. Uh, there you go. Right. <laughs> and you better stay on his good side too. He doesn't have a good side. <laughs> <laughs> he is colorful. He's That's a blast. A- I I understand him. That's the important thing. Yeah. And I love listening to him talk. He is so knowledgeable okay, about his talk. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you a story about uh, uh, Christian, actually. He, he has a shop in uh, Salem called Hex, yep. which is an awesome shop. It's not like one of those where you get all your gotcha stuff. But it's really cool stuff that's made just for him. I mean, you've you got it all. He's got a, a working altar there as well. So it's mm-hmm. it's all real cool. But as I mentioned, too, he runs the Festival of Dead, which is a month-long celebration of events in Salem. And Maureen and I were there, I think, uh, two weeks ago for a book signing at Life and Dead Tours in uh, Salem. We went to see Christian, and Christian was usually there. I mean, he was usual, stressed out totally. So um, Maureen and I decided to do a little reiki on him. And as we were doing it, something, something weird happened. I had this, this weird energy. I couldn't figure out what it was. Mm. And... Uh, so anyways, it was time to do our book signing, so we left, and we went did the book signing, and it, it, as part of it, we always do a little talk, of course. So we started doing a little talk, and I had my EMF meter, and, and then had it out, and all of a sudden, it went off, and then um, we picked up something. There was somebody else uh, from the other side who decided to drop in on us, mm. and as it was, I said, is that Sean? And Maurice said, yes, it is. Sean was... Uh, uh, Christian's partner from uh, uh, life partner and also uh, uh, partner in the Festival of Dead. And when we did the Reiki on it, we really think that that was part of, uh, you know, what came through with Sean. And uh, uh, he followed us. And, I mean, we knew him. And and he was just like, I think he was appreciative that we did that for him. And it was, it was kind of a unique experience. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we could definitely, you know, feel him there and, and feel the difference. So it was kind of neat. Well, I have a feeling that when you're on the other side, you're not going to be far away either. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wonder about going on the other side. There's a whole story about this. You know, if there's a post office on the other side, my picture's hanging in it. And I, I really think that at times. There's some spirits that really don't like me, Mala. I was going to say, you're worried that they're not going to let you in? Is that it? Uh, I'm, well, I'm not worried about getting in. I have no problem. I'm sure they'll be glad to get me in, if you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> but hopefully, I mean, I have enough of my own posse that'll uh, balance things out. 
I'm sure you do. You're just going to have to dig really deep and find it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you better start working on it now, though, really. <laughs> hey, I, I once had a psychic come up to me and told me she had, I had a huge following behind me. So I always call it my network. I have the network, you know, like the one for Verizon or whatever it is. And those are positive ones, yes? I hope it. <laughs> did she clarify? Uh, yes, she did. She said they were. Okay, good. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, you can't trust psychics. You don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, Speaking of which, um, they, they, they I talk hope... To, some... They talk to dead people. You know what I'm saying? They do. And and Maureen is one of the best. But I, I was very surprised um, a few weeks ago when you popped into my show and you were actually doing readings. Yeah, I was. And point. you were doing good readings. Woo! Oh, I did get your approval on them? You did. Oh, wow. Absolutely. If you could have seen me, my mouth was agape, and I'm going, whoa. Uh, I, those... I really didn't believe you when you said you did readings. Really? I'll be honest, I didn't. I mean, Maureen, yep, no no problem. <laughs> but, but I thought you honestly were pulling my leg in the oh. beginning. I mean, not that I wouldn't like to pull your leg, but... Uh... Yeah, well, besides that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, what, what for our listeners, uh, Mala has a show called Stirring the the Cauldron, and it was on uh, CBS Psychic Radio. <laughs> so uh, we have a new book out called uh, Ghost Chronicles, uh, and so she invited us onto the show. She said, well, you might want to have to do a reading or two. <clears throat> or two. Anyways, um, <laughs> I said, well, if Maureen's going to do them, I'm going to do them too. And, you, and that's what it came. You really didn't believe that I would do them. No, I, well, I believed you would do them. I just didn't believe you could do them. Oh! Be because a little you, faith. You, well, you had never spoken of that before. And I, am, I am Van Helsink. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but There's a I would, lot you don't know about me. <laughs> apparently so. I mean, this was brand new information, and... You you were keeping up with Maureen and and cooperating the same responses and and my hats off to you my witchy hat is off to you woohoo that's almost like a seal of approval it is can you believe it you, you know what's funny Milo though is is I I love doing readings over the year I really do I think it's uh-huh. a lot of fun it is yeah. uh, I don't know if I that's the right attitude to take I mean because it, it can be serious mm-hmm. but uh, to me I enjoy doing them so that's why I call them fun. Uh, some of the results are, are certainly serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you ask me to do like reading uh, one-on-one in a, in a location, right. I, would, I would have problems with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure really why. I mean, I'm not shy, you know that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think there's a safety net there. Is that you what know, it is? By doing it on the air, I mean, nobody's staring you down. Um and, you know, it helps that, that Maureen is doing it also because, you know, you're in proximity. You guys are usually together when you're doing this. So you're picking up on some of her vibes. It could be. could and, very well be. Yeah, kind of like confirmation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to say anything when you first said that you would do them. I was very polite, wasn't I? And I said, you were, okay. You were. I said, all right. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh, my God, what did I just ask him to do? Oh, no. Um, but, <laughs> but I was very pleasantly surprised, and well, thank um, you. 
Anybody that wants to hear Ron's readings, um, the podcast is up at my podcast base, which is www.stirringthecauldron.podomatic.com. But Podomatic. Podomatic. Sounds, Sounds like, like a freaking mixer. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, we've got two hours of Ron and Maureen both doing readings. So guys, listen in because I think you'll be duly impressed. You know what? I will have to check this out myself. You haven't yet? No, I never listened to myself. Yeah, I don't either. I know. <laughs> I know, but, but it's good. Anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit about Mr. Houdini, because to me, he is an interesting person in himself, but what he did is even more interesting. Well, yeah, he's very iconic for Halloween um, for several reasons. I mean, he passed away on Halloween, and every year from the time he passed on for several years, his wife, Bess, would do a Houdini seance because right. they had a pact. Um, he told her that if there was any way to come back and speak to her from the other side, he would. So every year she did um, a Houdini seance. And the verdict is out. They had like a secret word, you know, that he was going to use if he came right. back. Um, some people say that never happened. Others say that it did. As Bess got older in years, she admitted that, yes, he had come through. But um, in 1926... She was saying, you know, all those years, um, she never heard from him. So she was going to give the seance a one final try. And she was in Hollywood. She went to the Hollywood Knickerbocker Hotel, um, which is very haunted even today. I don't know if it was so much then, but it was. Um, So they went to the hotel and... um, got up on the roof of the hotel. I guess there was like a patio or something out there. And she went ahead and tried to get in touch with her husband. And this was broadcast on the radio. Um, I'm sure somewhere, if you Google it enough, you can hear the the actual recording of it. Really? That would be cool. Yeah. And I know there's transcripts of it, um, but, you know, God bless Google. You can always find something. Um, that you're looking for. You're not sure if it's true or not, but you'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) But this old radio show, they went up and um, did it. This was like the 10th anniversary of his death. They went up on the roof. They had reporters and, you know, the regular seance people and everything. And Bess was, you know, Harry, you know, come to me, give us a sign, blah, blah, blah. They got nothing. And so she said on the air, you know, this is going to be the last, seance. Um, We haven't been able to get in touch with him. Apparently, there is no such thing as life on the other side. He can't come back. So they they got done with the broadcast. They started packing up, and all of a sudden, a rainstorm, and they're outside on the roof. Thunder and lightning. I mean, a horrific, horrific rainstorm. So everybody's scurrying to get into safety, um, come to find out, the only place that it rained in Hollywood that night was over the rooftop of the Hollywood Dinkerbocker Hotel. Wow, that's pretty cool. So was that a sign from Houdini that I know I'm not going to talk, but I'm going to strike you down with lightning? I don't know. But well, it was very unusual. 
It doesn't have to be in the, uh, Houdini. It could have been just a message from the other side in itself. That too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could have been anything, but how how strange. One cloud over one hotel I know in, it. in the whole well, city. Well, we have to take a break right now. Uh, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, International on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. We'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. That was the break. <laughs> okay, I guess, I guess we're back. <laughs> That's got to be the fastest break in history. <laughs> Welcome to Tokyo with a reading with a covered edge. Okay, we're back. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Almost amazing as the rain cloud over Hollywood. There you go. You know, you mentioned about signs. It's interesting because Maureen and I both have a sign, a cigarette sign that either one of us passes before the other. We plan to come back and give it to him to let you know that it can be done. Wow. How oh, very didn't know, cool. Didn't know that, did you? No. See, I'm learning things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. See, you can teach an old witch new tricks. <laughs> You're not old. You may be a witch, but I'm not commenting. Witches are ageless. Yeah. 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 It, like, never mind. <laughs> what, Rumpelstiltskin, no. um, Methuselah? What? What, what, what? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Please. Okay. Um, Houdini, uh, for those who don't know even died mysteriously, correct? Well, I think medically they figured out what it was. Now, he didn't really die mysteriously. He um, he was going all over the country doing his escape act. He would, you know, very famous for being tied up in straight jackets. And, um, I know a lot of people like to do that to me. Yeah, well, for good reason. Um, and they immersed him in water and then, you know, covered the tank and he had three minutes to get out. But... He was he was a very strong man. He was a little man, but he was very strong, and he was always bragging about his his strength. And um, right before one of his shows, um, and I'm probably not getting all the details on this, but paraphrasing, mm-hmm. um, he was backstage, and some college students came back to see him. And I guess one of the college students was kind of taunting him, "Oh, you're not so tough," or you know, whatever. Right, right. And Houdini stood there, and he says all right, sock me, you know, hit me. And the guy says, really? Yeah, yeah, you know, just give me everything you got because, you know, he figured he could take it. Well, the guy punched him in the gut, and apparently he had been ill for a few days before then, and um, the punch didn't help. So if I'm not totally mistaken, um, Harry Houdini died of a ruptured appendix. Mm-hmm. So um, it wasn't real mysterious. It was kind of unfortunate, and it was it was that machismo thing. Yeah, well, go on and hit me. I don't know why you guys do this stuff. You know, go on and hit me. You I'm guys a being guy. a non-pagan people or, or uh, gent- gentlemen? Gentlemen. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, got to prove how strong you are. Yeah, go ahead and hit me, doink. Well, you're dead now. Um, so, no, it wasn't that he died mysteriously. He died... And, and with all due respect, stupidly, it didn't have to happen. Well, that's mysteriously because, I mean, he's well, a guy, so he's not stupid. 
is trying to figure out why somebody would do that. Yeah, that is mysterious. <laughs> but, but it, yeah. I mean, have, have there ever been sightings of Houdini that you know of? Um, they talk about sightings at the mansion he had out here in Laurel Canyon. That was supposedly his house, and there's a lot of talk about that as well because it's called the Houdini Mansion, but it's doubtful that he spent very much time there at all. So for someone that didn't spend a lot of time there, it's kind of even more doubtful that his ghost is roaming the property. However, um, there were a couple of tenants afterwards that were a little bit questionable, so it could be anybody, but the house um, burnt down many years ago. And for some reason, especially here in California, that property was never developed. Really? I mean, you know, it's Laurel Canyon. That, that's big bucks. And you would think a developer would have come in and at least built a new house. But they haven't. It's ruins. There's like a chimney and a couple of paving stones or something that's still there. And, and the property is definitely blocked off. So people have said that they see Houdini roaming the property. I don't doubt that they see Spirit roaming the property, Laurel Canyon is very old, been around, you know, for many, 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 many years, um, and has a history of being haunted anyway, the whole area. So do I think it's Houdini? No. Um, but that's the only Houdini sightings that I've really heard of, even though they're probably not him. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I that, that, mm-hmm. that property is not developed at all, and it's still there, right? Yeah, I mean, it's weedy and, you know, with a, I don't know if it's a chain-link fence or some kind of... But you definitely can't get on it. You can't get on it. You can't get near it, particularly around Halloween. They they usually have guards posted up there. And it's not an easy one to see. I mean, Laurel Canyon is, is very hilly, full of trees and everything, and most of the properties that are there are built away from the street anyway. Um, so I think you kind of have to know where that is to even get anywhere near it. But I, I don't think it's Houdini. The other thing that they do, um, we have a magic club here called the Magic Castle. It's yeah. a private club for magicians, and it's beautiful. I mean, the building is, is very kind of gothic-y, put together with different pieces of things from all over the world. Very haunted place, but they have a, a Houdini room um where they have a lot of his artifacts because, you know, he was a magician, so there's a magician's club. Um, and they do something called a Houdini seance every night. Um, you buy in, it's dinner, and then they have a guy coming on, and, and it's it's hype, um, pretending to do a seance to get in touch with Houdini, and I'm sure they have special effects going on there and everything. But, you know, from a ghosty standpoint, the fact that a lot of Houdini's personal items are there, and the fact that even though they're kind of doing a fake seance to call him every night, makes you kind of wonder if he just doesn't pop in every so often anyway, and people might mistake something that's happening and they think is fake, might really be Houdini doing something. I mean, that's the killer. When you do that stuff, you really don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're you're faking something, I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's crazy. It's, It's like I was talking earlier on a another radio show about uh, high EMF and how it causes paranoia and stuff. But if you were saturated in a high EMF meter and uh, there was paranormal activity going on, you might just, uh, you know, discount it, saying, mm-hmm. okay, it's it's because it's high EMF, but it may really be paranormal. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and how do you tell? And especially if you go into something like that, you know, you're paying for a show, basically is what it is. Um, so you're not expecting anything real to happen. But I, I would love to have, you know, a couple of psychics in there during one of the fake seances, you know, maybe unbeknownst to the people that are conducting it, um, and some equipment, you know, kind of do an investigation while that is going on to see if something is out of the norm. Might be kind of interesting. I think it'd be cool. I mean, that's why I like you. You're always thinking. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's something I would like to do. I mean, it's certainly the, the Houdini uh, mansion that's left over would be interesting as well. Right. Um, there was something else I was going to... It's funny you mentioned magicians because I just interviewed two magicians down in Salem. And one oh, yeah? was uh, Vlad, the gothic musician, uh, magician. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a brotherhood they have. Um, right. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, almost Masonistic. It is. Um, I, I mean, I've been to the Magic Castle. You have to either know somebody that um, is a member. You know, you have to be invited or you can get your own membership. But, I mean, it, it's, it's very, very clickish between magicians. I mean, they put on wonderful shows there, close-in magic shows and everything, and I'm, you know, like one of these wide-eyed people that, you know, my jaw dropped. Now, how the heck do they do that? And and you can't get a secret out of a magician. Mm. You know, you just can't. I mean, you could beg, borrow, and steal, and they still won't tell you, which is pretty cool. It's really interesting because, uh, as I mentioned, I was interviewing this magician, and his job before he became a magician was to special effects in haunted houses. Mm, see? So it's kind of like, ooh, look at this. It's all coming together. You have special effects in a haunted house. That's another thing. Is is those attractions ever haunted? Did you ever think of that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, here's, here's like the best haunted house story in the world. Um, there is or was an amusement park here called New Pike out in Long Beach, and they had a fun house. And it was, you know, the dark thing, you get in the ride, and, you know, it's all the little boogity-boogities jump out at you and everything. And at one point, there was, like, this mummified person there in the corner. And he was, like, orange, and you know, just one of the boogity-boogity guys. Well, um, a few years ago, probably in the 60s or 70s, which is more than a few, but anyway... The $6 million man was filming. This was after New Pike had closed, but they didn't tear it down, so they had all the attractions there. And they were doing um, a scene in the fun house, and they needed to kind of move things around, you know, how they dressed the sets. So they walked up to this dummy and tried to move it. They grabbed it by the arm. Well, the arm came off. Oh. But the arm came off, but a uh, human bone was sticking out from where it detached. So they called the coroner at the time. It was Thomas Noguchi, who was the famous coroner for the Marilyn Monroe thing and the Kennedy thing. Um, and it indeed turned out to be a human that had so the been mummy there. It was a real mummy? It was a real, well, it wasn't even mummified. I guess they'd covered it in wax, but yeah, technically, I guess it was a mummy. And um, they tracked it down. They During the autopsy, they found a coin in its mouth that was dated, you know, 18-something, and then, like, a ticket stub from a carnival in this mummy's mouth. Ah. And 
not necessarily through forensics, but through investigation, they found out that this guy was somebody from the 1800s. He was an outlaw um, who had, you know, gotten himself killed. And I guess instead of burying him, whoever killed him um, sold him to like a carnival or something. So this, this corpse had been traveling the world for, you know, 50, 60 years um, as a sideshow attraction. Um, covered oh, in like, wax and like nobody... Dumbo, the uh, whatever that guy, that big giant elephant. Exactly, you know, the human version of it. And yeah. um, they they finally found out who he was, and his name escapes me right now. But he was from Oklahoma. And after they found out all that stuff, they shipped the body back for a proper burial. And interestingly enough, the governor of Oklahoma deemed that when he was buried that they put cement over the grave so that this poor soul, even though he was an outlaw and blah, 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 could rest in peace and nobody would ever dig him up and use him as a sideshow attraction. So that's a great haunted house story. And worse, because when I was a kid, he used to go there all the time. So I actually saw that thing. Um, <laughs> and we we actually have some information that came in the Tojanet chat room. This guy's name was Elmer McCurdy. There you go. That's and it. he that died is. in a gunfight in 1911. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, yeah, it's a very famous story. And in fact, some of the cast and crew from the Six Million Dollar Man went to Oklahoma for his funeral to pay their respects. Isn't that so sweet? It was. But yeah, I mean, I, and that that's like a fascinating haunted house story because it really was. I mean, just imagine. Yeah, now we also, uh, Lay from the uh, uh, chat room also said that Jumbo, which is the elephant I was talking about, died in Ontario where she is from. So. Oh, poor Jumbo. Yeah, but you know, P.T. Bonham, you know, that guy's got to be the smartest guy in the world. He had the... Uh, he had them taxidermied, what do you call it, you know, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he put the skeleton on display as well, so we got two jumbos. Wow. Yeah, no, P.T. Barnum was, was good. I mean, <laughs> he, he he knew what he was doing very definitely. I mean, of course, you you heard about the famous uh, uh, case about mum, uh Oh, God, I just threw a blank. Uh, mumbo, not mumbo. Uh, oh. God, whatever, the, the spirit photographer from the 1800s? Yeah, which, when they were, there were a couple yeah. that were very famous and very criticized. He was, he was famous, and he was actually, uh, the, he, he probably his most famous was Mary Todd Lincoln, when he had Lincoln's uh, photograph. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was taken to court in uh, New York City, uh, and uh, P.T. Bonham actually was a, a witness for the, the prosecution the biggest con man of them all. <laughs> <laughs> he was, and he made a lot of money. Yeah. Well, and and then Ripley followed in his footsteps. Yeah. So I mean, that's all cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, let's see what else we were going to talk about. Oh, Halloween. Anything you want to mention in Halloween? Since we didn't talk anything about Halloween. <laughs> Halloweeny stuff. Well, my favorite time of year. Yeah. Um, and it's it's. In, in lore and rituals and origin. I mean, if you read up about Halloween, it is so fascinating. Um, you know, the trivia on it. Um, but one thing that just absolutely cracked me up is, is some of the rituals that they do on Halloween. 
And, you know, I mean, there's all these little superstitions and stuff, like if you see a spider on Halloween, it could be the spirit of a dead one who you loved, you know, that is watching over you. What? Yeah, could be. Um, Did you see a spider on Halloween at somebody who was a... you loved? That's what they say. You know, one of Uh, your relatives, which kind of more to me goes to the Hindu thing about the sacred cows kind of thing, but... I could see it more in a cow than a spider because I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy about spiders. Um, But there's things like if you ring a bell on Halloween, it'll scare the evil spirits away, which is pretty cool. But you know what? That's actually uh, uh, used in feng shui all the time. Uh, Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's they're just taking something from uh, general thing and just sticking it for Halloween only. But Well, know. and then in movies, if you ring a bell, an angel gets her wings. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, but here's my favorite, my favorite one. Um, if you put your clothes on inside out and walk backwards on Halloween, you yeah. will meet a witch. Really? Yeah. Does I love that. But to tell you the truth, if I saw anybody walking backwards with their clothes inside out on Halloween, I think I'd run the other way. (laughs) This is one which they're not going to meet. Okay, there you go. (laughs) I mean, talk about superstitions. There are so many, like, for instance, when you put a hat on the bed. I mean, that's my probably big one. I I don't like putting hats on the bed, although they say it's just you're going to have company or whatever. But Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't like it. it. To me, it's. I don't like it. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, a lot of superstitions have basis in truth. I mean, walking under a ladder, for example. Right. You know, it's supposed to be bad luck. Well, yeah, you walk under a ladder, you could get something dropped on your head. You know, so a lot of superstitions, although they claim to be something else, they they are based in logic. You know, I've never quite gotten the step on the crack, break your mother's back kind of one. Well, it's a good thing. Can't see the harm in that unless you step on a crack and fall through, you know, or something. Good thing for your mother, I mean, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, superstitions are fantastic. Okay, here's here's another thing about Halloween um, superstition. If a candle flame suddenly turns blue, there's a ghost nearby. Oh, somebody's eating beans. That, too. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there's a form of divination where you talk to candles. You talk to a candle. You talk to the flame. Really? And the, and the flame supposedly answers you back. Um, by if you by ask, move it? By moving, right. If you're really? In a, in a windproof room, and this is something, well, I'm surprised you don't know this. Um, if you're in a so windproof you room. Me today. Huh? Do you teach me something today? There you go. Um, be in a windproof room, light a candle, and ask it a question. Now you can only do yes or no, basically. Right, um, right. Um, if the flame raises and grows, that's yes. If the flame shrinks down, that's no. Um, if it sparks and goes kind of weird, you know, um, sputters and whatever, that could either be that you've just made the spirit mad or it could be just a maybe, I don't know kind of thing. So, but this one says if the flame that you're talking to turns blue, then there's a ghost nearby. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to have to correct myself because we have used candles in, in investigations before for that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we, we'll actually bring candles in a room and uh, monitor them to see if there's any activity yeah. uh, using the candle. 
Yeah, and that's kind of the same basis. It's it's just another form of divination, and you know, there's kind of like a million forms of divination out there. All right. Uh, I was just on a a radio show earlier this week, and uh, the Ouija board was getting its ass kicked again. Uh, what <laughs> what is your opinion on the Ouija board? Um, I'm not down on it. Um, as some people are, although, and this goes with any kind of thing when you're investigating, you need to use protection, you need to know what you're doing, and you need to realize that none of it is a parlor game. But under the right circumstances, I mean, we've used Ouija boards on investigations, um, but again, the protection goes into play. Um, We have people that know what they're doing, and we're very respectful do I think that Ouija boards bring in the devil? Well, being Wiccan, we don't really believe in the devil, so I'm going to have to say no there. Um, <laughs> do I believe that Ouija boards can bring in disgruntled spirits? Absolutely, just like any anything. Um, I just I don't want to go off on my tangent about a demonologist around every corner and a demon on every investigation because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's way too popular right now. But, um, you know... Like with anything, know your tool, um, know how to handle it. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. <laughs> oh, you're gonna have to bite your tongue. Um, so I don't think I don't think the you know I don't think it's an instrument to bring in demons. I, I really don't. Right. But again, I don't think it's something that needs to be taken too lightly either. And yes, Hasbro or whoever's making them now, yeah, it is a parlor game for them. I I actually purchased two over the weekend. We were doing an event in Salem, and I needed some Ouija boards. And I bought the standard glow-in-the-dark one, which is you know, very nice. Uh, <laughs> I hear but I got pink this, ones for teenage girls now, too. I got this lovely pink one in a carrying case. Uh, and it has little cards with it and everything else. The little Bobby uh, Ouija board. Little Bobby uh, how Ouija could that board. Be possibly be evil? Somehow that just doesn't sit right with me. Um, actually, we um, Ken made a couple of Ouija boards, and we gave one to my teammate Victoria, who is also a witch and a psychic, and she's having great results with it. So they don't always have to be, you know, manufactured by um, some big toy company for them to work. No, I mean uh, I know a fellow by the name of. Uh... Robert Murch, who has one of the largest private collections of uh, Ouija boards in the, the world, actually. Wow. And uh, he's got some absolutely amazing ones, uh, spirit boards, not really Ouija boards. Well, they name, call them, yeah, Ouija is the trade name. Trade um, name for Hudson. They call them spirit boards, they call them talking boards, they call them right. witch boards. Exactly. And, you know, you name it, they call it. But no, I, I don't I don't see anything horrible about them, um, but it's like investigating. You know, you have to know what you're doing. Exactly. I, I agree with you on that. I mean, uh, on the other hand, we are working on a case now uh, with this person as the direct re- relative of, direct descendant of the uh, uh, the family that was tormented by the Bell Witch. And uh-huh. um, she, growing up, had a Ouija board, and she had some problems with it and everything else, and they had cut it up and buried it. And, uh, a few years later, they moved into a new house, and... There under the bed was the Ouija board they had buried back together again, but with still the score marks in it. That's I don't know. That's what she said. I'm not going to call a liar, but that's what no. She said. And but the other thing is, I, I keep hearing, speaking of the Bell Witch, that the Bell Witch wasn't really a witch. Oh, it wasn't a witch. It was an entity. Yeah. 
they and they blamed it on the witches. Now that's a bad thing to do around Halloween. <laughs> yeah, the Bell Witch was was definitely not a witch. It was an entity of of some sort. Uh, we we really don't know. But I mean, but it was very powerful. Whatever it was, the, uh, the haunting lasted over three years. And certainly, do not go and watch the one that Hollywood produced because honestly, that's not even close to it. There is a uh, a good website out there called the Bell Witch Haunting, which was produced by a theatrical co- uh, company. Um, it's uh, I think they have a DVD. You know, in fact, I have one. And I think it costs like ten bucks or something. But it was a great portrayal of it, uh, and, and you could get to understand what the Bell Witch was all about. And mm-hmm. it, it's really, a, a really a, a fascinating case. I think perhaps one of the most fascinating cases. And so this is ongoing with you guys. You're still investigating. Yeah, this just crossed our paths again, and uh, it, it, interesting. There's this. It's it's a long story, but there's uh, this place that used to be a beautiful hotel and everything else that, that, that this family is living in now. And then the, the backyard, it goes into the woods, and then it goes into swamps. And then out in the swamp is the hill in the middle of the swamp, and up in the hill is one lone grave. Mm. How freaky is that? Yeah, it is. Sad, too, in a way. I, I know. I think that's one of the problems in the haunting place. Uh, my plan was to go to this grave and clean it up and actually plant some flowers in it. Mm-hmm. And also, of course, get the name off it and do research and find out if we can know who this person is. But uh, maybe that, if it, just think if you were a, a, a lone daughter of a family and, mm-hmm. and the last person and you died, you were buried there. And to be I know, forgotten. it's really sad. So why aren't you there cleaning it up now? Because we can't find it now. Oh, isn't that bizarre? <laughs> yeah. It has disappeared. Have you tried all your dousing rods and all that good stuff? Yeah, we. Well, I want Maureen to come back with us and stuff, but uh, yeah, we we followed. Uh, yeah, trust me, we went three hours stomping through swamps. Uh, unfortunately, there was more than one hill there and more than one swamp. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it's we just could not find it. Uh, of course, the other uh, interesting, we talk about Houdini and stuff and the Bell Witch. And then another, I think, when you think of the paranormal, you think of Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. And they, they now, I guess, they're going to give him a proper burial or whatever. Uh, but do you know much about the master of the macabre? Not a whole lot. Um I love the Raven, and in fact, we're going to play um, on my show Thursday night um, Vincent Price's rendition of the Raven. Really? Yeah. Huh. Found it on Google, um, and it's it's really good. Um, Vincent Price has a lovely voice to begin with, and to hear him do the Raven is just wonderful. But I don't Uh, know a whole lot about Poe except, you know, Baltimore and and that kind of thing. The Poe Toaster. Hmm? The Poe Toaster. Poe Toaster? Yes. What's that? Every year on his birthday, a mysterious man appears at his grave, leaves a half bottle of cognac and three roses. Really? And that's going on since 1949, I believe, 48 or something like that. Can't be the same man. But it appears, and uh, they have one picture of him, uh, one magazine was able to get a picture of him. Uh, in fact, at the old WCCM studios on Poe's birthday, 
we came in and uh, Maureen baked the cake. We turned the lights off, lit up the candles. Oh. I brought on a half a bottle of cognac and three roses. Oh. And we, we, had, we had the actor, in fact, the, the one that produced the DVD of The Bell Witch Hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also uh, does a screenplay called The uh, Nightmares of Poe, and he recited the raven over the air, and boy, oh. did the energy rise in that room. Oh, I bet. I don't oh think God. Poe came in, but we definitely had a visitor, no doubt about it. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. You guys have so much fun up in New England. <laughs> Just got to hang with us, that's all. <laughs> yeah, it's only, what, 5,000 miles? Yeah, I know, but, you know, hopefully we, we things settle down, we'll get to go around. And I mean, one of the most enjoyable things that we ever did was that uh, uh, joint broadcast we did when you were on Paraxon. We were on TojiNet, and we did a, a crossover, which I don't think had ever been done. No, it, it was kind of neat. You wow. were in Salem. That was so much fun. Yeah, it was great. You were, yeah. Uh, you know, we've run out of time. See what happens when two yakety yaks get together? Yeah, where's Richard? <laughs> Where is Richard? Where was Richard? He must Jay. have been snatched up by the Eternals, Eternals, or whatever. The, the Infernal, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh, anyways, I, I do want to mention a couple things before you run off of me. First of all, it's, uh, well, I could mention it after you leave, but I want to say goodbye to you properly. Uh, we will be at the Barnes & Noble in Lowell on Thursday for a book signing and lecture at 7 o'clock, and also at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover on Friday for a lecture again, and it's free, both of them are free, so drop by and uh, come and see me. I I will be in uh, Circles by myself, and that's a great metaphysical story. You would love that, Mala, absolutely. Well, I want to interject here that, um, and I've said this to you before, but your book and yours and Maureen's book is so good that everybody needs to run out and get it. I've Thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed reading it. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, it means a lot to us because uh, a lot of blood was shed over that. <laughs> yeah, and a little slime, too, but they'll have to read the book to understand what that's all about. <laughs> well, Mala, thank you so much for uh, coming in and helping me out here. I don't know what happened to uh, my good friend Richard. Well, but, uh, I'm sorry wait, you missed him, but... Can't you, like, read tea leaves or something and let me know where he went? Tea leaves? No, I haven't, I'm not on that, but I'll, I'll figure out. I'll draw a card down the way. <laughs> Break out the tarot deck. Now, what do you know about curses? Anything I know we're just about out of time, but... Don't do them. They come back to haunt you. I, I want to do a show on curses. Curses are great. Um, and, and there's a lot of stuff that can be brought up in that. But, you know, just the word to the wise. Um, word to the brother. Huh? Word to the mother. Yeah. Um, curses are not a good thing to do, but, you know, when you yelled at that guy in traffic the other day, you cursed him, so, you know, you got to watch yourself. Well, anyways, you can I curse hear the, without even knowing it. Yeah, I heard the outro, so it's time to go. But, uh, yeah, when I do the show, maybe we'll have you back on that, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about curses. Uh, curses. Yeah. So, Marla Brooks, once again, is, is our, has been our host, our co-host with me, actually. And she has written several books, so you can go to thehauntedwriter.com, is that correct? Yep, hauntedwriter.com. And uh, check out her books, so you can get them in any store, uh, Haunted Hollywood, and uh, what was the other book? Ghost of Hollywood and spell uh, Workplace Spells. All right, so it's time to say good night and God bless everyone. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-legged beasties. 